0: Find simple ways to boost your true wealth.
1: Welcome, this is Crystal Arnold, founder of Money Morphosis and your hostess for Money Wise Women. So, I see money as this incredible um, opportunity for transformation. Both within our own personal relationship with money and then within our systems of how we agree upon value and, uh, you know, really define our goals as, as humanity and, and what is most valuable and, and what creating wealth looks like. And so I feel like we're on the edge of, of really shifting into more of a thriving culture that really respects and honors life and moving away from an experience extractive um, economy. And so I feel like there's a lot of potential in these money conversations to expand our awareness, not only for our own personal lives, but also as humanity and and what is possible as far as uh, new ways of understanding finance and business and integrating more feminine principles into our work and our daily lives. And so I have found uh, another woman, our guest today, Sophia Rosado, who totally... Um, is in alignment with this uh, transformation of money, finance, and our relationships to one another. And so I, I know you will appreciate her perspective as much as I have in, in the past months as we've been uh, talking. And uh, let me just tell you a little bit more about uh, Sophia. Sophia. So she has 20 years of financial technology, also known as fintech, experience. She held senior leadership roles at Wall Street on Demand, a fintech startup that eventually sold to Goldman Sachs and was COO of the information division at Market, a 7 billion dollar financial information company. So after years of helping these financial firms, Sophia started Well Wallet in late 2017. And her goal with this was to use what she learned in order to help people and planet. And Sophia believes that the gifts of fintech and content can simultaneously help people grow their wealth while having a positive impact in their communities and on the environment. And so excited to um, to hear her wisdom here with us today. Sophia, I'd love to start um, just by hearing a little bit more about what excites you most about the work that you do.
2: Great. Thank you, Crystal. Thanks so much for having me. Um, what What excites me most is this really this concept that all of us have something to give to the world and to share with the world and so it all of us you know in our our hearts we think about how can we help make the world a better place really after let's say after you've reached your financial goals your financial independence the question becomes now what and that's and that's sort of a an area where I found myself asking myself the same question and so to me this concept of how can you use your gifts that you have to create a better life for yourself, your family, your community, and the planet, I think is what's most exciting. And how can you do this in both small ways, everyday, and everyday actions, and in larger ways? Um, and I can go more into that, but that's that's the part that excites me the most and, and why I wake up and, and go to work every day as a, as a new entrepreneur now.
1: Mm. Yes. I'm I'm so fascinated. You've been in a woman uh, a woman in a very male-dominated field here for uh, for a while now, and I would love to hear a little bit more of your own personal story and and what brought you into the field of finance in the first place.
2: Yes, Um, well, it's it's interesting. I think part of part of it was a uh, I'm an immigrant. I'm originally from Argentina, and. Uh, right from the beginning, when I came to this country, I became a naturalized citizen. Um, Love this country and the opportunities that it, that it provides and provided um, as well. And also this concept of optimism that we have here in the United States of, uh, of you truly can become and do anything you want as long as you work hard at it. And I, I really believed this from the very beginning, something my dad told us as soon as we got here. And so I thought, well, that's great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try for that. But I also had a little bit of the scarcity model with myself, having come uh, to, to the U.S. with not, not a lot in terms of financial resources. And so for me, I thought, okay, what's, wh- what can I do to create safety and security for my family and myself? And um, I, found a, I found a company after graduation. I actually studied international relations, which, which had nothing to do with fintech, but then found a company... In New York City, and we we'll move there to be with my twin sister. To um, that that built websites, and this was just in the beginning of the internet. Built websites for online retail brokers. So the largest online retail brokers that are that are now known as the Goliaths, like Schwab and Fidelity and TD Ameritrade and these others. I learned from some very very talented and great leaders how to design, develop, um, define, and and um, host these sites. All private labels, all really interesting tools that that helped individual investors get into investing, and this was in the beginning of the online investing days. Um, however, as my career progressed, I moved further and further away from the individual investor and and started to work on products that would help institutions on the back end. So back end, uh, you know, banks, hedge funds, um, large what they call buy side and sell side customers one of my last roles, as you mentioned was was a senior leadership role at a company called market building um, financial information products and so I reached a point in time where I thought okay my is my heart really in this anymore and and what can and actually I, something happened one of my best friend's husbands was uh, was killed, and it kind of uh, opened my eyes to, okay, I've done it. You've created this financial security for yourself, for your family. Now what? What's what's beyond that? Because tomorrow is not promised. What what do you want to do with your life? How are you going to make this? How are you going to have an impact on the world and make it a better place for everybody? And that's where I really started thinking about what are the assets that that I've created over this period of time, and how can I apply those assets? And there is so much happening right now with financial technology. The banks haven't fully caught up. There are many startups that are helping, actually, the banks get up to speed, um, but also new companies that are coming out of the woodwork. And I saw an opportunity, a place for us to use our money. Our money is power. And, And I think the concept of money and the concept of capitalism really is something we need to take back because it's gotten, it's gotten a, a bit of a bad rap, and, and rightfully so. But if you really think about it, if we can actually use the power that we have within the capital markets and within our own money, we can create some um, incredible impact in the world. So, so, for example, I'll give you an example. We think about donation as one of the ways that we can create change in the world. And traditionally, that's the only way many of us have thought about it. As it turns out, if, you, if all you have is debt – you have impact in the world because that interest that you're paying on that debt is going to a bank. That bank is using that interest in ways that may or may not support your values and what you believe in. If you, um, so if you take out any kind of loan, any, any kind of debt, that's one way where you keep your money, your, your money does not just sleep at night when you keep it in a bank. That bank is lending out your deposits and they're using those deposits for, again, for things that you may agree with and things you may not agree with. For example many banks will use your deposits your money to lend to make loans to private prisons oil and gas companies um tobacco other industries that that may not be aligned with what you believe in and the thing that i I think we need to wake up and and realize especially as women is that our our money has this power again where we shop where we invest where we save where we spend um, has a huge amount of power. And so my, my goal is to help give people ideas for increasing their personal wealth while having a positive impact. Because how fun would it be to have both of those things, to actually create a better world through the way you use money in this world? And uh, that's the idea, and that's the concept behind the philosophy behind Well WellWallet. We so truly want to transform the money economy into a force for good
1: oh, I just love how you um, have have taken your experience um, as as an immigrant to this country and and really you know found your own unique gifts and and passions and then were able to uh, re you know kind of redirect and use everything you learned in the fintech industries um, to now. You know, become an entrepreneur with Well Wallet and uh, and really offer something that's super aligned with your values. And so I love how you're just like a living demonstration of of what you believe in. And uh, tell tell me a little bit more. I, I first met reached out and met you through um, Well Wallet, and one of the great articles I read there. And would love to hear a little bit more about. Um, what it is, what makes it unique, and why you developed it.
2: Yes. Yeah. So if you if you think about um, there there's so much data out there around personal finance. There's so much data around um, financial literacy. I, and I, I was talking to my friend the other day, and and also my sister. Um, and and there's this sense sometimes that it's just overwhelming, that there's too much information. In fact, one of the things that made me kind of giggle was this concept of money as a concept can be both incredibly boring and incredibly terrifying at the same time, which is a weird thing to think about because they seem to be on opposite ends of the spectrum. And so I started thinking of this and thinking, wait a minute, what if we could make it fun and approachable and and actually have this power for good as well? So the concept behind Well Wallet is there's going to be if you go to the website wellwallet.com, there's a place for you to sign up for the app, which is coming out, and uh, the app is coming out in at the end of August, so uh, that you can reserve your spot and, and go sign up today. And what it is, it's it's a friendly money assistant with a heart. So what it will do is it will aggregate all of your checking and spending accounts, all of your uh, that includes you know all of your cash accounts, all of your credit card accounts, loans, including mortgages, investment accounts, all in one place. So you have a one-stop shop, 360-degree view of your total assets, total liabilities, and your overall net worth. So that's one view. And there are many other tools out there, what's called PFM tools, personal financial management tools, that do this. However, where we're different is we're going to also have, we have this little news feed that will give you hints throughout the day and not huge, uh, you know, overbearing financial education uh, guides, but really just little bite-sized hints that you can review during the day that that inform you and teach you about your money. There's, for example, a, a series on credit education, what makes up credit factors. There's a series of, you know, it's a question of whether or not can a bank actually be good. And, and so we've got um, ideas that are connected to your own money and I'll, I'll give you a couple. We might let you know, hey, you've got a, um, a Spotify subscription coming up in three days. Do you still want to keep that? We are creatures of habit and oftentimes don't delete our subscriptions and we forget about them. Or we'll say, we noticed you just paid a $6.99 bank fee. Do you want to hear about a green bank that is supporting our planet and charges you no know, fees? And those are our partners, our affiliate partners that we're connected to as well. So we're giving people ideas on ways to save money and make money while having this positive impact in that way it kind of cuts through a lot of the you know over uh, over pile of data that's out there around personal finance um, the other thing that that we do is uh, this is in in case this comes up as a question from a security standpoint we partner with a company on the back end called Plaid and they are an industry leader in, and they connect to thousands of financial institutions around the United States and now in Canada. And so we make sure that we follow all of their rules around security. And your account is secure. We never have access to your credentials, to your own bank accounts. These are all, uh, these are these are all tokenized, and we never see them. And so that's that's another question I wanted to just address up front. But again, the idea is is giving people the power to learn about making little tiny changes in their life that could help them grow their wealth while having this positive impact and, and also making it fun.
1: Mm yeah i I really love that and and appreciate this use of technology in in the well wallet app uh, you've developed because it really is um, serving to you know simplify our lives and and so often I do hear people you know complaining that they're not good with numbers and so they never mm-hmm. you know do their own bookkeeping and people have all these excuses why they don't you know track their money or manage it or like you said well, once it 's in some subscription or bank account, they may give it little thought again um, about that, so I could really see uh, why this is so useful for people and uh, and maybe you could speak a little bit to to kind of the the need for this and and the kind of psychology of why it will be useful
2: yes and there's and there's two sides to this really there's the um, there, there's the do well and do good side, if you think about it, and I think both of those are inextricably linked. Um, and so time is a big issue, right? We're all very, very busy. Things come up. Um, the cost of transfer to actually shut down an account or start another one or shut down a subscription, and it, it just takes up time and takes up mental space. And so our goal is to help simplify this for people across the board. That's one. Um, but the other is to help people give, give them options for making little changes that if added up across many, many people will have really big impact. So we, for example, partner with impact investing platforms so you can start investing for good in portfolios that track, for example, um, actually one of our partners is Swell Investing, and I think you had them on, on the show, and we love what they do, and so we will, we will promote them. Um, through the WellWallet app as a way to begin investing with impact. Um, another, another thing that, that uh, I really enjoy and kind of start to think about is, okay, without this overwhelm, how can we make it fun? And so we'll have, for example, memes as part of our drip campaign to teach people about credit factors. Uh, people might not know, for example, that if they go above 30% on their credit utilization on their credit cards, their credit score could be impacted even if they pay off those credit cards at the end of the month. And it depends on where they're when they're asking for a loan, if it's before or after they've paid off their credit card and whether or not their utilization is at a certain level. And so we will do teach people about this in a very friendly way that is also visual. And and then finally in terms of in terms of having this positive impact, there's there's one thing that Um, I just wanted all of us to think about is is one question that's come up is well, you know, I want to have positive impacts, but buying organic or buying a reusable water bottle um, is just expensive compared to to the alternatives and I really can't afford it right now. And I've been thinking about this quite a bit because we've got other partners, for example, Earth Hero is a great company that that partners with us and they are going to be the next eco-friendly Amazon. Um, and all of their brands that they, that they promote have, uh, are very eco-friendly. They, they really take care to vet their manufacturing processes and how they give back to the world. Um, but, you know, sometimes people will say, well, I don't want to spend $14 on a reusable water bottle. And, and this obviously hits the personal finance aspect of things. But guess what? At 14 uses, you will break even. So if you add time to this, and any use after 14, your cost per use actually goes down below having bought plastic water bottles. And so th- these are the kinds of things we want to uh, share with our readers. We want to share campaigns for reducing uh, plastic use while also putting more money in your pocket. So so see that's kind of that concept that we go after, which is make money and do good. You can do both. They're not separate. You don't have to give up purpose for profit, you don't have to give up values for value. These things can actually work together very well and in fact work together better um, if done together. Um, the, the other concept is this: this that I've been thinking about quite a bit is this um, the lure of convenience. We want things easy and fast, right? And many of us are shopping Amazon because they have one-click shopping. Um, well, Amazon's been around for many, many years. If we give a chance to other companies that are up and coming, that, for example, will support sustainable shopping, and we know we won't have all of the convenience of this other company, however, they are having a much, much better impact on the environment and in their communities then we will We will create the world that we want to see. And so it's, I think, a combination of, of just being conscious of what's out there, but also um we want to make it easy for people to know what those options are in terms of how they can use their money and have their money move around the world. Rather than having to search for it on Google, we, we want to curate for them and say, okay, if you want your money to have positive impact with investing, with spending, with where you keep your money for banking, we'll give you some ideas and we'll help you save money um, in your everyday uh, money moves. And that's, that's the concept behind it.
1: Oh, so brilliant, Sophia. I really appreciate all the all the thought and design that has gone into this project. And and how your uh, your background has has really informed this uh, ability to understand what the average person you know uh, needs in their financial life, as far as greater support and uh, and just really see how this could positively impact people and and like you said, help them align their values with their money more. And so many people want to do that, and yet are overwhelmed with options. Or don't have the time mm-hmm. to, to research things. So how fantastic that you are doing that legwork for people. Um, I, I'm curious what ooh, what does make your organization unique, and and tell us a little bit more about how you have created it, and uh, and and what I see is more of some of some feminine principles that that really are guiding your organization.
2: Yeah. Um, and this is uh, one of the other things that really gets me excited uh, to, to go to work every day. And that is that I, I used to think I, ha- I have a lot of wiring, as you can imagine, from having been in, in a male-dominated FinTech environment for 20 years. <laughs> um, and so when, when I started Well Wallet, I thought, well, this, you know, aggressive go, go, go mentality is going to work for me here, too. And what I quickly found was um, this question that that just kept coming back in the back of my mind, which is why? You know, why? Why why does it have to be hard? Why does it have to be zero-sum? Why does it have to be dog-eat-dog? And I I started connecting with more women um, and speaking, uh, learning about what they were doing, how they were running their businesses. And the more I learned, the more I realized that there is this truly other way of doing things that this collaborative approach where what I've noticed with with women is that we tend to neg- men tend to negotiate kind of the cards close to their vest and not all men I'm generalizing here of course women we tend to put our cards on the table when we're comfortable and say look this is what I have what what do you guys have and how can we work together and I love that I, I love that way of growing a business, and, and, um, and Crystal, that we're doing, I'm doing it with you, I'm doing it with others, uh, with my partners, is I, I think that just having this, if, if you're going to have a level of transparency, be part of your values anyway, and, and I'm big on the transparency side, and we can have a whole discussion around skin in the game as a separate topic, but if we're going to do that, then I'd love to have negotiations go that way, too. And so my, my goal is to work with people who are good humans and to, have, um, and to have the opportunity to build something great together. This concept of creation and creation in a collaborative environment is, uh, is very interesting. I think we can create something much better and bigger with greater impact if we share the resources we have to support each other. And, and that's what I see with women, especially in this space, with uh, eco-bloggers, with um, money coaches and money experts people who have been around the space um, that's that's what I'm enjoying the most
1: mm, really appreciate that uh, those those approaches that do foster greater collaboration and and really will ultimately bring us a better quality of life when we can move mm-hmm. beyond exclusive competition and secrecy and and have more transparency and and build more trust in the system because gosh when we talk yeah. about what's really missing in the financial world there's trust of our institutions of each other and just uh really this this feels like part of healing that um that risk and
2: there's also uh, there's also shame there's this yeah. is a big part of the whole money story is um people don't want to admit failure and uh, many of us have made financial mistakes and and failure and and so it kind of adds to the whole issue of not trusting right or or needing to make yourself out to be bigger or more important Um, and so that that's another concept that i I really want to put forward with well wallet in fact we are about to launch a very fun new feature on the on the website on the magazine site um, called Reality Bites. My friend, my, my friend from high school came up with, with, the, uh, with the name, and I love it. It's a throwback to, to kind of Gen X a bit. The idea is you can go in and put in a little bite of reality by anonymously confessing or sharing something having to do with life and money. It could be something you're proud of, something that you feel ashamed of but want to put out there to sort of release yourself from that judgment, it could be anything, and um, we will uh, we'll launch this quite soon, but I'm hoping that that will also draw people into the site and help people understand that, hey, they're not alone. Everyone's on a, a, a different money journey, and they're at different points in time on that journey, and I want to be able to share those stories with people so you don't feel alone and so that we can create more of that level of trust with each other and with the institutions that we decide to uh, give our money to.
1: That is so brilliant. I, I too feel like it's so important to uh, bring forth. These money stories and and move past the shame and guilt and fear that people are keeping these things uh, secret and hidden. And I've seen it again and again: the relief and the um, connection that happens when people are able to share their money stories with each other and they get vulnerable and and actually express, you know, not only some of the beliefs and early childhood experiences that may have influenced them um, and. And, but also talk about, you know, the, the practical um, skills of how do I run my business? Um, how do I get my finances in order? And so I, I'd love to hear, you know, why, why do you think um, talking about money is so challenging and yet so powerful?
2: Yes, yeah, it's uh, stories move people. Um, this is another reason why financial education alone won't ever do it. It's really about stories and the individual. And the reason it's hard for us is because we've been in, indoctrinated into this idea that you have to manage this external brand. In fact, even with the whole new you know, online influencer thing, what's your brand? What brand are you putting out there? And what we're finding more and more is actually people resonate with Realness with authenticity. They want to hear real stories of real struggle, real resiliency, real inspiration. And so that's not just one person, one influencer. That's all of us. That's your story, my story, all of us. There's a my, a friend of mine. We're we're doing. We will be doing a a, a video series soon. And she shared with me uh, a really tough story. She and her husband invested in 16 uh, rental investment properties in Florida in 2007. Mm. Okay, so that's right before the 2008 crisis. They lost everything. They both went bankrupt, first her husband, then her. And she had to start from zero, from scratch. And I was just riveted listening to the story because it shows that, hey, you know what, you you actually, one of the worst things can happen to you financially and you can come back from it. And here's how she did it and how you can do it. And, and so many of and every, all of our stories individually are relative. So something that might not seem a big deal to you might be the world to someone else because of it's all relative to their reality. Um, and so if we can share more of these stories, again, this concept of connectedness and feeling left alone, that's, that's I think, quite inspiring and, and frankly, connects right back to this concept of creating a better world, right? Because you are connected. We all are.
1: Mm, yes, yes, and and that's really the feminine way of of focusing on relationship and the invis- invisible threads that bind us together as people and with our systems and governments and just uh, so important to really acknowledge the. The energy of how do we build relationships and and collaborations that that will last and and that bring value to both people instead of having these predatory lending you know operations that that charge twenty percent interest to more for payday loans and and just really moving to more of a collaborative um, engagements with people and so we're gonna take a quick um, break here and then. We when we come back uh let's let's keep diving into this more of what you know what a thriving world looks like and and how we can create this where people really are being valued for the gifts that they bring. So, oh, and if people do want to check out WellWallet, it's www.wellwallet.com. You can find um, some great articles and and also those Reality Bites uh, money stories if you want to uh, share yours when that's up and going.
3: Are you ready to enjoy greater financial freedom? Perhaps you're like Emily, a creative entrepreneur who wants to increase her income to provide for her family using the free video training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com she learned the secrets to accessing hidden resources and creating lasting wealth emily learned a persuasive negotiation technique to bring in more money with her top clients she boosted her credit score and opened new financial doors while reducing expenses And she took specific steps to strengthen her existing relationships and create a safety net for her business. With the Discover Your True Wealth training, thousands of women have improved their bank balances and secured their family's future. With this free video course, you'll transform beliefs, behaviors, and skills with money. Take charge of your financial situation with the training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com.
1: Hey, we're back with guest Sophia Rosato, who is founder of wellwallet.com, and just having a great conversation about the how people are relating to money in different ways, and how tools such as the Well Wallet app uh, can really support people to align their values with their money, and really be able to uh, simplify some of the financial life that may seem complicated or or like a, an annoying chore uh, for so many people. So it's it's exciting to see the shifts that that technology can enable both in our personal relationship with money and, and then how things are shifting um, as far as impact investing and companies like Swell Investing who are empowering people to really have their money supporting things that they believe make better planet and uh, society. And so I'd love, uh, Sophia, just to to kind of Hear your take on um, how you see views about personal finance and money changing, especially because you've uh, been in this field for so long now. And, uh, yeah, curious what your thoughts are on that.
2: Absolutely. There's, um, there's something that, that was a, a bit shocking for me to learn uh, recently, which is that 35% of American workers are today gig economy workers. And that number is, will go up to 40% by 2020. And um, I've been thinking a lot about this because it, we, we did a, an, a great uh, piece on the future of work when I went to a Future of Work conference and interviewed some great people there. But if you think about it, if we have 40% of our workers as gig economy workers, what does that mean? That means no benefits. No guarantee of minimum wage, no guarantee of a steady paycheck, no company-sponsored retirement savings plans, no paying into Social Security, which you would you know, then get back later. Um, the, and, and this is happening with, uh, across the board. So as more corporations, and I saw this myself, as more and more companies outsource what's called non-core operations. So that includes things like legal and finance we're going to see more and more contract workers come about. And so what happens is given that that's the future of work that we're facing um, and also the fact that our wages have not risen and meanwhile, they've been stagnant for the last 13 years, meanwhile, we've seen uh, a double-digit growth uh, across the same time frame for uh, housing, education, um, and um, other big, uh, what's the third one? There's, there's housing education and then there's one more. That's grown by double digits, oh, healthcare. Healthcare is the third. Uh, but our wages have stayed stagnant. So those two forces coming together, I think, are going to force us to look at different ways to think about money and interact. And if these are the realities that we're facing, then what can we do on both a micro scale for ourselves and for our communities and on a macro scale for our communities and the planet to create the kind of economy that we want. We're seeing some of that happen already with the sharing economy, with the concept of the gifting economy. Um, I think it's going to accelerate and continue to happen. Uh, what uh, you and I were discussing prior to the uh, prior to the break is this concept of creating trust through relationships. Peer-to-peer lending I think is going to continue to grow, but it'll become more micro Um, I have personally given loans to uh, friends and other people who I'm creating a level of trust when I do that, right? And sometimes it'll work out and sometimes it won't. But I really believe in my heart that you have to put money to work in this world in order to see the world change. And whether that's through the way you shop or you lend um, or you borrow um, or invest, that it, it really is partly part of our responsibility to think about money as this um, it's really powerful energetic resource and it's part of our responsibility to make sure that it it is deployed in a conscious way. Um, And so I think we're going to see an increase on that. The other thing that I I want to just mention is because of the shift to gig economy and contract economy work, um, I'd like to create tools through WellWallet and through with our, our partner ecosystem to help people. Uh, I was talking to uh, a gal the other day, and she had invested all of her earnings from her business, her solopreneurship business, back into the business, and one day woke up and said, wait a minute, I haven't saved anything for retirement. Uh-oh, right? And so how do we help people make sure that they are uh, deploying the resources that they have in a way that is uh, risk-averse, that can help them plan for the future while helping them grow their business, especially if they're in the contract economy. And I think there's a lot that we can do with technology and content and stories to help people along those paths.
1: Yeah, that is a great question. And I know a lot of listeners um, are are entrepreneurs and, you know, may have not considered that they need to uh, plan for retirement. Um, And and I know you're working on an article about that very subject. Um, Is there any other advice you have for entrepreneurs listening who may uh, want to kind of plan for retirement?
2: Yes. Um, And I'm going to distill this down to such a basic level that um, I I wish somebody would have told me this years ago and and certainly my friends who have started businesses wish that they had heard this years ago as well. Uh, So just to cut to the chase, this is my personal, I'll I'll disclaim it by saying this is my personal philosophy on investing and saving for retirement and and people may have their own. Um, So what I would do is I would go and open an account at a, um, for example, Vanguard is a great place. They're a great organization. They have very low-cost, what's called low-cost ETFs, exchange-traded funds. And you can, and what we like about those is that it follows the market, and it, they don't have high expense ratios because many funds will underperform partly due to the expenses that are charged within those funds. So what I would do is I would go as a solopreneur and open up. Um, a retirement account at, say, Vanguard, and buy uh, an ETF fund that follows the market. So you could follow, you know, the S&P 500. You can follow any of these big broad market indices. And you're basically, you don't have to stock pick. The fund will pick it for you because it's following the market. Lowest expense ratio, doing it with a great company that's a not-for-profit company that's owned by the shareholders that's been around forever. Then, and that's where I would put half my money. The other half, I would actually put into funds that are making impact. And, and full disclosure, Swell is one of our partners, um, that if you go in and invest with someone like Swell, they, you can now have direct positive impact. And so you're, you're hedging your investments, because uh, this is still a new world around impact investing, and you're saving for retirement, and you're doing it across both of these channels. And then the most important thing I would say out of everything is automate it. Even if it's 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, 25 bucks a month, I don't care. Just automate it. Once you set up these systems, remember we're creatures of habit. Automate it, automate it, automate it, automate it and you will be surprised at how much you have in six months or a year.
3: Hmm.
1: Thanks for that. That is super helpful. And I love, you know, just really cutting to the simplicity of it. It almost feels like there's no excuse not to <laughs> when, you, when you look at compounding interest and, and you know, how yeah. that really adds up over the years. Uh, the earlier, the better. Everyone listening. Um mm-hmm
2: and as as they said, the best time to what is the Chinese proverb the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago the second best time is today so just just start that's all you need to do is just start and then automate it,
1: yeah, yeah. So you have such a fascinating perspective on money and you've, you know, we've said, you've told me that there isn't just one way to think about money that there is are many ways. And so I'd, I'd like to hear some more of your thoughts on, on what money is and, and what makes it so fascinating to you.
2: I, I think um, I've been thinking a lot about this and it's, it's something a friend of mine told me in my 20s a long time ago. And at the time, I thought, well, that sounds a little bit woo or very, you know, it's not concrete enough. And now I'm starting to realize, actually, I think she was right. And money is energy. And that's really what it is. We have assigned it as humans value because we've assigned it value. And it's, it's very, very powerful. It's the, the value of objects and other things might change over time but we can all, or might change from one person's perspective to the other, that we can all agree on the value of money, that, that we've made this implicit and explicit agreement that this is the value that this thing carries. And so in a way, we can use that to have this greater impact and this greater change in the world. And I remember someone telling me once, you know, if you go to Japan and you give someone your card your business card you there you have to hand it with two hands at once and look at the person in the eye when you give them your business card you don't just throw it across the table right and so that's the way that i have started to think about money is whether you're buying a piece of gum or you're spending on at a, a local organic farm or at um you know a, a, you're buying a, a water bottle think about. When you, pay, when you go to pay and you give them your credit card or your cash, what kind of change are you creating in the world in that physical act? And I'll just give you a, a recent example. Um, there is a, a friend of mine whose wife I've known for 15 years, and he is a handyman, and we needed our deck redone because it was, it, it, it was falling apart. And so I was about to go to one of these, you know, national chains and just go and call up someone I didn't know, and, and she said, you know, give – Gives my husband a chance. He's great. He's done these decks before. I said, "Okay, let's do it." It turned out he did this amazing, beautiful job. He took artistic license and created a design that turned out beautifully. His his um, his wife's dad actually is a welder, and they're create uh, instead of buying these prefab spindles for our staircase that we're changing. It he's getting them handmade, and they cost less. Um, and, and done that way. And so now when I look back at our deck and our staircase, I'm going to look and see this means something more than just spending money to get something fixed or done. It's actually a piece of art that came from someone's heart, from a person we knew personally. And it just has has me thinking about money in general. Even if you don't know the person, when you hand money to someone, you're kind of handing them a little bit of your heart a little bit of love right and so if we start thinking about money this way I think it's going to change the way we think about how we spend and how we save it as well is Mm. that a little too out there to to kind of put out there but that's one of the things I've been thinking about quite a bit is because once we reach let's say that that someone has this concept of reaching financial independence and this is a huge theme right now with with uh, various different communities out there that are talking about financial independence and retire early, the FIRE community, FIRE financial independence, retire early. Okay. So let's say that you reach that financial independence. Now what? What are you doing it for, right? And it's not um, it's not a, a, a need to an end. It's not an end. You have to enjoy the journey along the way. And that means you have to enjoy life along the way. And what do we do? That What's common in everyday life? What's the one common thread in everyday life? From my point of view, it's money. We we use money every single day. So if we can find a way to make that a little more heart-centered and heart-driven, then we're going to enjoy life more.
1: Mm. Yes, yes. And <laughs> I feel the same way and really appreciate that someone with your <laughs> your expertise in the financial field. I mean, you could talk the intricacies of, you know, securities and all these <laughs> things that um, really to, to come to still it down to that essence of, of money as energy and love and, an agreement is uh, I, I think essential to, to kind of reorient where we are as, as a society and that it doesn't have to be this way. The game doesn't have to necessarily have these rules of compounding interest fiat currency, you know, that there are a multitude of, of different options. And, uh, and I think uh, let's dream into that together like what would we imagine from a world in say 10 or 20 years um that that is um uh thriving that does have greater um financial freedom and uh and some of these qualities we've been discussing. Mm-hmm. Like if if people were using the Well Wallet app regularly and and really engaged in, in some of these different ways with money, how how would you imagine the future to be?
2: Wow, that's a that's a great question. Um, and, and I mean if I had to think of it ten years out and, and even let's put even Well Wallet aside, think of the the world ten years out or fifteen years out, I would love to see um, much greater use of technologies like blockchain to take out the intermediaries and take out the inefficiencies of brokers that are driving up the fees on, on all kinds of different transactions and to increase transparency. I'd love to see us um, have a, a, a better and you know, more equitable um, use of, of the barter economy, the sharing economy, the gifting economy. So, you know, imagine a place where um, there was enough trust and perhaps these are in micro communities because we're humans. So the larger the communities get, the harder there is to have that individual connection and that one-on-one trust. But maybe that means that's an ecosystem of multiple smaller communities where you could say, let's do a trade and you and you can trade your services. You know, I've, I have expertise in writing content, someone else has expertise in uh, in, in, um, in coding and they could do a trade that way and it won't have to go through the money system. Uh, some of that is happening already but not at this large, large enough scale. Um, and it's actually, it's actually kind of interesting. I don't know if you've heard of these hackathons where it, it for 24 hours or 48 hours, these engineers will get together and they will, they will create. They will all work together to solve one problem, and it, it kind of gives the idea a seed, a place from where to start. Uh, and I had this concept once of what if we created an economy where people could come together to, for example, help preneurs launch their companies and have a hackathon for that, but but do it you know within forty-eight hours, where you get someone who's in legal to do the contracts, someone who's in marketing to create the funnels, someone who's in uh, development to create the the initial website. Someone, uh, you know, who's who's in um, some other some other section of what whatever you might need, and you all come together and you help give it a push. And then once a month or once a quarter, you give your time to it. This concept of giving the give get concept is not a new concept. In fact, it exists. In corporate America too, one of the most successful products that uh, one of one of the old companies I used to work for made it was a give-get concept where this this piece of information did not exist, and the founder convinced the banks to give them all the information, and he'd create a, a composite product and then sell it back to the banks. And you wouldn't get it, you wouldn't get to buy it unless you you gave. So this give-get model exists even in corporate America today. And if if we could do that at a much broader basis through communities where people trust each other, then then even better. Um, One of the things that I'm uh, not a huge fan of uh, right now is uh, trust that, well, number one, I believe in personal freedom and personal power. And I don't think that um, the government has a very, you know, good track record because things can change with the wind, right? And so instead of, of, of waiting for the government to have regulation that comes in your favor or not, why not us? We create these things ourselves through communities. We can create our own um, agreements for how to trade with each other, how to lend to each other. And we're seeing that more and more and, and I'd love to see more of it continue.
1: Mm, yes, yes, there is um, a certain Sovereignty and and dignity that I feel like is is missing from our modern financial situation and the way it it um, really is yeah so so damaging to to so many people who really struggle financially and and once they are it's it's expensive to be poor basically you know a lot of it these is, people are suffering
2: yeah it's it's so expensive to be poor I mean um, I, it, it, that that's actually one of the things that we're, we're looking to expose is I had no idea um, because I had banked with a bank for many, many years and reached a certain level where I wasn't charged any fees for, you know, for anything. Well, in creating a new business account, I found that, oh, guess what? You get charged for everything. And as I started talking to more and more people, it turns out that the less money you have, the more you get charged. Um Credit card companies love debt, and in fact, will do things like they they think they're doing a service by saying, "Make sure you pay the minimum amount every month." Well, guess what? Paying the minimum amount is the worst thing you can do with a credit card because that just ensures that they get paid their interest on your debt. But they they think they're you know it's it's a bit of marketing and a marketing spin that they put out there to, when they remind you to pay the minimum amount. Um, there's so many little traps that happen. I call it death by a thousand paper cuts that (laughs) we would like to not only expose, but also eliminate through technology, right? There's no reason for anybody to have to pay any fee for a checking account. In fact, now there's no reason for anyone to have to pay for ATM fees if you have an online uh, bank. Um, And so Many people are just not aware of it, or are frankly just taking advantage of it because they either have low credit scores, or they are they're underbanked, um, or just don't have the information. Now, having said that, you brought you did bring up a good a good point around predatory lenders um, prior to the break, and this is actually a really tricky subject because there's I'll, I'll give you an example. There's and I wish I could remember the name. There's a there's a lender in Africa that won a, 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 I think it was um, Nobel Peace Prize or they they won some big award, a humanitarian award for helping women um, create, get their businesses going in in African countries by providing these microloans. But guess what? Those microloans had 35% interest or more. And yet they are lauded as heroes because they have helped many people elevate out of poverty, right? And okay, so why are those loans at that rate? And do they need to be at that rate? And yes, um, um, payday lenders, not a fan at all, terrible rep, right? At the same time, there are people who are super high risk who have not yet entered the credit, um, don't have credit at all, let alone low credit. And so there's going to be a risk to the lender on the other side. So the question becomes, how do we solve for that? How, what is the right thing? I don't have the answer to it, honestly. I think that the, the answer is take care of each other, take care of each other's communities. Um, there are immigrant Mexican communities that actually will all put money into a pool. And if someone has a, uh, a really bad event happen, that money goes to them to help them survive, survive it. And then the next time something happens, they help someone else. This kind of community building, peer, like micro peer lending, peer-to-peer lending, I think is the answer, but there might also be a need for your typical money systems if people are willing to kind of, you know, take, take on that, that debt but need the money to get started as an entrepreneur. So it's a, it's a really complex thing. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, too
1: mm it is it really is uh complex and and there is greater risk you know involved in in lending to uh to some of those populations and and there's a whole other you know uh level of a kind of the judicial system and and how when people can't pay the fine that that they may be imprisoned and and some of the yeah. ways in which we, to make it a crime to be poor and uh And so, you know, to bring it to bring it around full circle, and and really acknowledge some of those systemic inequalities that have been created by um, a financial system that consolidates wealth. And, and acknowledge that we continue to see rising wealth inequality in this country and, and in the world and yet we also are seeing um, ingenuity and creativity mm-hmm. and, and not to romanticize the gig economy but that that is a significant part of the population that's growing and they need particular you know skills of, of being self- driven and and being able yes. to really negotiate um, and and speak about money and, and things like that, handle their own finances. And so I, I see both. It reminds me of, you know, that line, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. And I really <laughs> feel that there is so much opportunity amidst all of the the suffering, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious what, you know, in these last few minutes, what, what else you would like to um, share with listeners?
2: Well, there's, um, you just reminded me just now of that since I, since many of your listeners are entrepreneurs, either solopreneurs or, or um, getting started, uh, It's it, it really is such a different experience than having worked for corporate and having had this W-2 security for all those years and a friend of mine who's who's an entrepreneur recently said it's the closest thing i can that that has come to 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 feeling uh you know at the extremes where you have these extreme highs and extreme lows and they can sometimes all happen within the same 24-hour period And so the concept of not feeling alone, of feeling connected, of knowing that there are many other people in the gig economy going through what they're going through, and there are tools out there that can help. We're certainly going to be developing some of them. Um, You know, for example, you're getting a business started. You may not know that, okay, what's the best right way right from day one to set yourself up for retirement, for taxes, for good good bookkeeping, um, you know, for cash flow so that you're not wasting money in these little death by thousand paper cut ways, um, it, it, those are all tools and resources that we can share with each other. Um, so that's, that's something that we're going to be working on as well. And, and finally, just to put it out there is let's build this thing together. This, I think the, the whole concept of crowdsourcing, um, crowdsourcing ideas for, for making better FinTech crowdsourcing ideas, for making better content is the way of the future. And that's, that's going to be certainly part of what we will do.
1: Hmm. Well, thank you so much for being a pioneer in in this industry and really uh, you know bringing forth this um, uh, app and and the website to really inform and empower people and and bring greater joy and prosperity into our society and just really appreciate your wisdom that you shared today and I do feel so. Hopeful and energized each time after talking to you, I'm like, yes, there is change happening, and so often it's not visible. And I think that's what's great about WellWallet too. And really encourage everyone to to check that out at WellWallet.com because the quality of content that you have on there is super inspiring, and we need more. Uh, good good stories about all the creative ways that people are are becoming more empowered and
2: and prosperous Thank you so much for having me crystal i I always enjoy speaking with you and and riffing on all of these great ideas. Thank you
1: yes. All right. So everyone check out www.wellwallet.com and see what inspired action you would like to take today. And perhaps it's planning for retirement and opening an account or uh, finding a bank with uh, that's in alignment with your values and really encourage you to um, go check out Sophia's website and uh, and see all the great resources that are there because uh beautiful new caring economy is is emerging and and each one of us can can really have the support we need to align our values and our money and this is so necessary at this time
0: thanks for listening if you like what you heard the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money-m-o-r-p-h-o-s-i-s.com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.